Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from one and only true God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I got the slides, boys. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Our calling God. Part of this message is from LCMS for the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday from Pastor Will Whedon. Other parts of it are from me, interspersing it in together. All of it is coming from God. It's his message to you. This morning, we want to talk about how our God is a calling God, and he's calling out to us. He never gets tired of doing that. Parents, you guys ever get tired of calling out to your kids? Time to come down and eat. I said time to come eat, or maybe it's more of the uh, bedtime. I said it's bedtime. You keep calling out, calling out, Adam, Adam, David, David, Lydia, Lydia, David, Adam, again and again, to the point that we get kind of tired of their names, don't we? And it's like, all right, you know what? Done. But God, his calling out to you never stops. From the first mysterious moments of your conception in your mother's wombs until the final moments when we breathe our last here on this earth, our God calls. He calls us into fellowship with himself, into a life that never ends. Can you imagine that as a parent, one that always is there calling, no matter how often we ignore God never tires of calling us because he wants to call us into fellowship with himself. He wants to make sure we have that life that never ends. Isaiah speaks of the servant of the Lord. So looking back on the words that Isaiah says, we see them fulfilled in our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the servant speaking here, saying, The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named my name. God is always calling, calling you, calling me, calling his prophets. The angel said to the Blessed Virgin Mary, you shall call his name Jesus. And this one who was called from the womb of his mother has shown us then that the sanctity of all that is in the womb, all the little ones in the womb are those who receive their life from God. And he calls them to a glorious destiny. There's not one little one in any womb for whom the kingdom of heaven is not God's aim and goal and plan from the moment of conception. Now, if our Lord chooses to take them out of this life before they're born, we bow before his inscrutable judgments, and we say along with Job, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But it must not be our hands, must not be our conniving that deprives a single little one of its life in this world, of its place in the human family, and finally in the family of God. For such a tiny bundle once was our Lord. He was called from the womb. He was named from the body of his mother. But he wasn't just called Joe or Henry or Harry or Megan or Polly. He was, he was called Jesus. And he had a task to perform as Yahweh's servant. He was called to save. It's what Jesus means, just what the angel told Mary. For he will save his people from their sins. And the salvation, it began with Israel, but it did not end there. Thank goodness for you and for me. For in Isaiah 49, it says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. 
And so he came to be Jesus, not for this people or for that people or for those people over there. He didn't come to be Jesus for this age group or that age group, for this skin color or that skin color, for this language or for this nation. He came to be Jesus, Savior for all. The one through whom the call to salvation is spoken to all. The one through whom God calls again and again and again. St. Paul also speaks of a call. God has called him to be an apostle. Fancy that if you know his story, right? Saul, the great persecutor, the one who sinned by consenting to the death of the innocents. Such a one as he was not beyond redemption. And not just being pardoned, but then being put to use to spread the call of God's forgiveness to others. He writes to the church at Corinth, to those, quote, called to be saints. That's what God calls us all to be, his holy people, a people that are different from the world around us. And St. Paul was not too far gone for God to call him and use him in the body of Christ too many of us think that, well, we're not good enough, we're not able enough, we're not this enough, we're not that enough. No, God calls you. God desires to use you in the body of Christ, the church. But you know, in that world, the world outside, the world out there, the one that always seeks to invade our hearts and our lives, the value of a thing is found in its usefulness, right? That's where we find value. Can I use it? If not, throw it away. Can I use it to make life more convenient, or is it going to make things harder? If it's going to make it harder, throw it away. And even people then get thingified. We start to view other humans as things. Can I use them? Nah. Get rid of them. Get them out of my life. Viewed from the standpoint of their usefulness to me is what we look at people now. Not as humans loved by God, but as things for us to use. The one who came as a helpless child in Mary's womb, the one who is later in her arms, the one who then, still later in his life, was on his cross. He reveals something different for us. He reveals each and every human life as the object of a divine love. Not a thing, but a person. Each one a unique person. One body, Many members, each one unique. Each one loved all the way from the womb to the tomb. Loved with a divine love that ever calls us to live in him. To live for him. St. Paul is convinced that this divine lover who calls all people to himself is utterly faithful. He's called us into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. A fellowship in which each life is recognized, is celebrated, and honored as an unspeakable gift of grace. The calling God he calls out, beginning with St. John the Baptist, as we've been hearing the last few weeks. St. John points his finger right at the Lord Jesus, and he testifies, This human being this is the Lamb of God. This is the one who takes away the sin of the world. He came among us. We who treat each other like objects for manipulation and use. He came among us and he lived a different life. 
a life that revealed each person as an object of God's own love. Each life is one to which God personally called, inviting, summoning each to enter the fellowship, the communion with him, he who is life itself. He lived that life among us. And the price for exposing the shameful way we treat each other? That was the cross. And he went there willingly. After all, from the womb, he was sent to be Jesus, the Lamb of God. He would be the one who would offer his body and his blood, the, sac- the sacrifice that wipes away before God the sin of this whole world. Yeah, that means all of your sin, every single one. And how did we treat that one? As we heard in the gospel, his own hometown wanted to throw him off the cliff. They were so riled up, so upset. How dare you speak to us like that? How dare you not treat us better? We know you. You're Joseph's son. We watched you grow up in this very town. And now you come and speak to us this way? How dare you not treat us better than everyone else? For them, he came and suffered and died. For you, maybe who ignore him, who ignore the calling like little kids ignore their mom and dad calling them for bedtime. You who even maybe run away, plug your ears, la, 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 right? Or now they they put their AirPods in, right? I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. Yeah. How many times do we even say that to God? Maybe not the same way, but in our own way. But Jesus came for you too, to call out to you, to suffer and die for you. So that means that every time that you've forgotten that your neighbor is the beloved of the Lord and that you've treated them with contempt or hatred or carelessness or selfish thoughtfulness, Jesus bore all of that in his body on the tree that your sin would be forgiven before God and that it might then die in you. He did it so that in him you would rise to a new life. There are others, Andrew, And his buddy John, they were following John the Baptist. They saw John the Baptist point to the Lamb of God, and they were intrigued. They started walking behind Jesus, and soon they were invited and welcomed to where he was staying. You see, that's how Jesus treats each one of us, like a beloved, valuable person. He was a stranger to them, but they were never strangers to him. It wasn't long before Andrew was running off and calling his brother Peter to come and join them, to spend time with this remarkable man, the Lamb of God, the servant of Yahweh, the promised one, the Messiah. And their time with him changed them forever. He brought them to see life as they'd never seen it before, to live life with him like they'd never dreamt it could be. Far from being insignificant peasants living in an occupied territory, scratching a living, heading toward death, They now became mighty witnesses, known the world around, Peter and Andrew and James and John and all the rest. What transformed them from lowly, simple fishermen was their experience of the love of God and this man, Jesus of Nazareth, the Lamb of God, who called out to them, follow me. Because of him, they came to realize that not only themselves, but each and every human life is an object of a love so grand that it could never rest content until humanity had been rescued from sin and death and brought home to the kingdom of God. That love that God sent through Jesus was willed for each human being from the foundation of the world. 
This love changed them, and it continues to change us today. We taste it still as we come to the Eucharist today, as we receive into our very mouths the body that once was in Mary's womb and later was on Golgotha's tree, and we hear, given and shed for you for the forgiveness is because of the love of God that's been placed in us, a love that continually calls out to you each and every day of your life, each and every week that we gather together, each and every breath that you take from now until the very end. God has loved you with an eternal love in his Son, to whom be glory with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, unto the ages of ages. Amen.